You're listening to Singleness, Sex, and Dating with Perry Noble. You can connect with Perry and read more of his thoughts on relationships at perrynoble.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Singleness, Sex, and Dating podcast with Perry Noble. G'day, mate. G'day. We have many more questions lined up for you today, Pastor P. And I do have a map of the U.S. in front of me. You do. I'm prepared. Look, I've but, come prepared. But there's a reason. Before we dive in, there's a reason for the map, Stacey. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We have a question from New Mexico, uh-huh. and you asked somebody earlier today. I asked them, is New Mexico in South America? <laughs> and it's actually not. It's in North America. But it's you got, near South America because it's near it's Texas. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is live. And we're, we're, you can't edit this out. <laughs> Texas oh is not near South America, <laughs> Stacy. There's Central America. It's hot in here. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, first question is from no, Alyssa. No, 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 we got to deal with this. Okay, y'all pray for Stacy because now not only are we working on her, wow, uh, the hot. states, we're working on the, the continents with her. <laughs> and so we're going to pray through this and we're going to come out victorious. Uh, it's going to be help. great. All, All right. right. First question is from Alyssa in Michigan, and she asks, how do you respond to someone who has a commitment phobia? Well, hypothetically, let's say that somebody is like that. If you could, if this was a video podcast instead of like an audio podcast, this would be amazing. So let's pretend I'm sitting in front of or next to somebody that has commitment phobia. And just ask the question, why? Ultimately, what are you protecting? Because if you've given your heart to Jesus and Jesus leads someone into your life, mm, that's good. Are you trying to protect yourself from something that Jesus is trying to bring that is good to you simply because you're afraid? When I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. If I would have let that fear control me, I would have never left my bedroom. Mm. And I would have never had to dwell in fear, but I never would have had the experiences that I've had in life. So hypothetically, if someone struggles with commitment, you ultimately got to trace it back to the reason why. And it's usually just a fear of it's it's usually either um, a desire just to be in complete control. And what happens if not I'm not in control and it's all going to fall apart? if I'm not in control because I'm, I've always been able to control things, or it's a fear of abandonment. And ultimately, if God's a good, good father, mm. then you, gotta, you just got to rest in that truth. So if you're dating someone who has commitment issues, what, do you, what should that person do? Well, you know, it's so funny. I would have said Lucretia, and, and you know, Lucretia would probably ag- agree with this. She had commitment issues, um, and it just took her time. And so if you're dating someone with commitment issues— Give them time and give them space, but continually ask, you know, how are things? How can I do? What can I do better? Um, And ultimately, it came down to Lucretia and I having what I define as the conversation that led to a, we need to make a decision, which way are we going to go? Now, let me be very fair. That That wasn't after three weeks. We need to make a decision. Okay, well, I don't even know what your favorite restaurant is. That was after three years of very intentional pursuit. Wow. Yeah, three years. Wow. Three years. I was very patient. We had a conversation. Which way do we go? We made the decision. and That's awesome. Yeah, we're married today. Got a great little girl out of it. She's great. Very cool. Love her. Just to clarify, it's not me with the commitment phobia, by the way. 
No, you're sitting across from me. There's other people at the table here, guys. If you could see who was sitting next to me, there's somebody in the room. Actually, there's two people in the room that have commitment phobia. Right? Wouldn't you say? Because Josh is engaged. No comment. I'm not commenting Josh yet. I'm is not engaged. Involved. Josh is getting married. What day, Josh? November 21st. November 21st. Hallelujah. Clemson playing Wake Forest that day. The next question is from Sharon in South Carolina, and she writes, Hey, Pastor P, as a 21-year-old single female in the South, 90% of my friends are married, engaged, or in serious relationships. Sometimes I get bored with singleness and end up in situations I know I shouldn't be in. So what advice can you give me to stay focused on God when I'm weak or bored? How can I stay positive when I'm the only single one out of all of my friends? Shannon, first of all, great, great question. I think the phrase that you used, bored with singleness, I have never, ever really focused on that phrase. Shannon, you might have just made the book because the book is in the final editing stages right now. And I've just, I've just never thought about it that way. Bored with singleness. I'm so bored being single that I'm going to run out and jump into a complicated relationship. Mm. And um, you won't be bored. Um, you might be sinful. You might be wrong. You might be frustrated, but you won't be bored. Shannon, I'm going to tell you this. I know exactly how you feel. I didn't get married until I was 28 years old. I'm not making this up, Stacy. I was in so many weddings that the guy at the tuxedo shop in Anderson got to the point where he would not charge me. He, I would literally walk in and he would hand me my tux. Wow. The very first wedding I preached, the very first wedding, which has some interesting stories with it, I showed up. There were two wedding directors that didn't know how to direct. I directed the wedding. You know why? Not because I read a book. Because I was in so freaking many weddings. Wow. I mean, I was just in a wedding like every other weekend. Um, which if you're a dude, that's pretty easy because you got to rent a tux. If yeah. you're a girl, you got to buy a dress. And you're never going to wear that thing again. I mean, you got to basically take laxatives to fit into it in the first place. <laughs> which we, we'll talk about that another time. Oh, um, wow. No, have you have you heard that? Oh, we got to fit in my wedding dress. I got to fit in my bridesmaid's dress. I got to fit in my bridesmaid's dress. I'm like, hey, if you know it's cupcake season, just go ahead and get a size up and <laughs> eat a cupcake. Right? Maybe. Am I right? But guys don't think like that. No, I know every don't. girl listening, including Shannon from South Carolina, probably thinks I'm the most insensitive male in the world. And I'll probably change my mind when my girl gets older. But I'm just saying, it's a wedding. You're never going to wear the dress again. Yeah. Get it to size up and have a piece of cake at dinner. Have some fun. Praise right. God. Anyway, I, I understand how it is, Shannon, to be in all these weddings, see all your friends getting married, and then you're like, you, you become desperate. But desperation and dating always leads to destruction. Wow. And so what happens, Shannon, when you get desperate is you'll wind up dating a guy that you're like, well, I'm not going to marry him. But then naturally you just, you grow closer and closer and closer and closer and you wind up marrying somebody that you didn't want to marry in the first place. Mm. So when you allow desperation to drive dating, it always leads to destruction. And so I would simply say your singleness is not a sickness. It's a season. Allow God to shape you in this season and step into the next season of your life when a God and, a, and God will send a godly man your way in his time. And when he, I had a conversation today <clears throat> with a woman who is 35 years old. She's been single for 35 years and is probably in the next year or two going to get married. And it was so good to have, because I've seen this person struggle through singleness mm. and just to kind of know, Hey, I think they're on the other end of this wow. and they did not compromise and That's they did great. not back down. And it's just so cool to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Very cool. Better to be bored than brokenhearted, right? Yep. I like that. That made the book. Bam. Third question is from Stephen in New Mexico. Which, which is in the United States. <laughs> it is in the United States, in the southern part. Stacy. <laughs> Folks, Wait, I, I'm holding I, up my map, and New Mexico is definitely the southern part. No, 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 no Stacy, Stacy, that's southwest. That's the yeah, southwest. South. <laughs> People, I mean, this is not fake. This is as legit as it gets right here. Oh my goodness. New Mexico is now a southern state. So you have Alabama. Mississippi, South Carolina, Georgia, and New wait Mexico. for it, New Mexico. Wow. Anyways, Stephen asks, can starting butchering the map of the United States? <laughs> can starting a relationship in a long distance situation work? He might be from South America. Who knows? And what <laughs> steps can I take to make our relationship stronger when we are apart? For example, we work together in the summer, but for the rest of the year, visits are a few weeks apart. Stephen, great question. Um, I dated Lucretia four years long distance. So she started med school in Augusta, Georgia, which is a two-hour drive, which it might as well have been 200 miles because we didn't have things like um, FaceTime. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we had we had like long distance, and we would call like each other every mail. other day. Pigeon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We um we would send each other email, but it took um about. 10 minutes for the email to download. I still mm. remember her email address, mp2495 at medmail.mcg.edu. I remember that. Go. That's pretty that's, that's, that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, the, a long distance relationship definitely can work. Listen, Stephen, especially if it's not built on the physical. Wow, that's great. I mean, you actually have to have things like conversations. Some of the, some of the, some of the things that stretched me, honestly, in my relationship with Lucretia is when I sat down and wrote her letters. Because you actually have to make an effort to pursue. So I would tell you, just from somebody that dated four years long distance, it absolutely can work, whether you're in South Carolina or our neighboring state, New Mexico. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. I love that. Lindsay in Montana, I have no idea where Montana is. So she writes... Montana. <laughs> Montana. It's right up here, right there. Oh, there we go. It's Bye. that big okay. state. It's almost as big as Texas. Northwest, then. She, she writes, Sort of. I'm 35 yes. years old and work in full-time ministry at my church. I love my job, have great friendships and family relationships, and I have my life in order. But I don't know any single men in their 30s. I never get asked out on dates, literally, and I've always wanted to be a wife and a mom. Even though every other area of my life is awesome, should I move to a bigger city to meet more available single Christian men? Lindsay, your number one problem is you're in Montana. <laughs> There's like seven people there with you. And um, I, I'm just kidding. I love Montana. It's beautiful. Um, great question. Here's what you need to understand, Lindsay. And uh, I wish I had a nickel for every time I tried to tell a Christian girl this. If what you said about yourself is true, and I have no reason to believe it's not, you have to understand the intimidation factor when it comes to single Christian guys. Um, when guys look at a girl and she seems to have her stuff together, it either causes him to do one of two things. He either steps up into manhood and pursues her heart, or he'll either retreat to find a girl that feels like a victim so he can be her hero. Wow. And I just have seen it happen so many times. And so, Lindsay, you got you to take my word for it in that you probably intimidate the heck 
out of any single Christian dude in your church. And so I, you know, I don't, I don't know to, to move cities and to me, that that's a big, big, big step. I wouldn't say go that far. I would just, and God, this is such the Christian answer, but I honestly, I would ask Jesus, what do you want me to do next? Mm. Um, and if there's a single guy, you know, that you're interested in, you know, it's okay to drop a hint. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was reading the Bible the other day mm-hmm. where it says that it's not good for man to be alone. Thought of you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that. You might think no, you're that's crazy. good. That's good. That's a that's a Bible pickup line. Okay, okay, sorry. That's the good. Ne- the next you question. You like cheeseburgers? So do I. Let's get one. You pay. That's a great line too. Don't mm. use that. Don't so Lindsay, I understand. That, Lindsay. You're you're not you're not you're not weird. You <laughs> you just have to understand you really do intimidate guys and it's something that they have to get over. That's good. Thanks. And God's not also like frustrated that you're living in Montana, although you might be, but he can, he can work beyond that. You know, we we don't need to step out on our own and figure it out for ourselves. I really believe that um, God's timing is perfect. And although Montana is on the border of Canada, the Lord can do miracles up there too. Are you, did you just crack on Canadians? Well, hey. the next question is from Canada. So oh, there we go. Really, there that was, was just a, a segue, really... segue into the next question. That was a good segue. So Jeremy in Canada asks, what are some practical tips for single men who want to stop masturbating? The fight against lust is one thing, but what about the fight against our own body and physical urges when those feelings won't go away? Great question, Jeremy. So glad you asked it. It's one of the number one asked questions I get anytime I do something anonymously. Anonymously. Um, hey, Jeremy, let's just be honest. The struggle's real. Uh, 99% of men admit having struggled with it at one point in their life. The other 1% struggle with lying. Um, around 50% of women have mm. said that they have struggled with it in the past. So it's a legitimate issue. Um, you'll meet, now, here's the other thing you'll meet godly people on both sides of the issue. You'll meet godly people that say, well, it's okay, it's natural, and go for it. You'll meet godly people that go, it's sinful, and God is going to kill you if you do it more than X amount of times. I mean, it's just ridiculous. This is what I say. Can you do it without lust? Yeah, right. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I'm 44 years old. I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that without lust. And so I would say it's not just a fight against our own body, even though maybe it feels that way. It really is ultimately a fight against lust. And, and Jeremy, I would, I will tell you, man, um, as embarrassing as, as it may be, you're going to have to find a godly Christian man that you trust. You're going to have to sit down, talk to him, confess the issue. And listen, when I say confess it, don't partially confess. Mm. Don't say, well, sometimes I have a problem with and every once in a while. No, no, no. If you're not honest, confession doesn't work. Wow. If you're not honest, confession doesn't work. So you can't partially confess and expect to be fully healed. So you've got to confess, be open and honest with people, ask for help, and understand this is not a battle. This is not a battle with your body. It really is a battle with lust that you've got to you got to overcome gosh that's awesome confession not just partially confession but the, the entire but you know thing. what i mean like people say well i'm kind of dealing with this well what about that okay i deal with that too what about okay i deal with that too mm-hmm. okay well what okay just tell me what you're dealing with just let's just talk and i played that game for years i would partially confess and mm-hmm. i always received partial healing wow because you reap what you sow wow 
That's great. Thank you for asking that question, Jeremy. That's a great question. Next question comes from Arkansas from That's Manny. Arkansas. Ni- Arkansas. Ar- no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that silly. Mandy asks, I've been married before. I know my mistake was not choosing a partner that would be a spiritual leader for me. But now I can't seem to find men who have that potential. Is that something you help someone build during dating or something that should already be there when you begin dating? Great question, Mandy. Here's the deal. You're never going to find the perfect person. Um, And in dating, here's the cool thing about dating. God develops you in the dating process. And when dating really clicks is when God begins developing you together on the same uh, playing field, on the same plane. And so I would say, Mandy, you can't compromise morals and values. But if the guy isn't quite what you think it should be, it's, listen, it's dinner. It's dinner. And at dinner, you don't have to plan your wedding rehearsal dinner. You just go to dinner. You hang out. You see, because if you don't know the guy, then maybe God's doing more in his life. Maybe he's just an introvert. And then maybe if God is not doing it, stuff in his life, it, it's an ability to have a, a pretty direct conversation and just be honest and just see what the Lord will do. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think sometimes as girls, because I've done this especially, if we can't see it straight away, then we go ahead and just put a big red X on it. Yeah. But yet things take time to figure out and to dig out. And so just be patient and see what happens. You, you make false assumptions. That's I, right. I mean, all of us have had a wrong first impression. That's we right. make false assumptions. And so you don't know what God's doing in somebody's life spiritually if you've never really had an in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. The next question is from Stephen in Ohio. And he writes, I've been on many dates and my problem seems to be that when I get to know someone, I'm picky. It can be about something so minor that it just draws a red flag in my mind. Do you have any tips for me to try and help me not be so picky? Um, you're never going to find the perfect person. So, so for example, um, there are things 15 years in right now that Lucretia does that still drive me up the freaking wall. <laughs> I am 100% convinced that for every one of those that drives me up the wall, I have 15 that drives her up the wall. Um, it's not about finding the perfect mm-hmm. person. It's about being the best version of you you can be and offering yourself to a person that you fully believe in. Wow. Knowing that they're going to hurt you and disappoint you at times. But ultimately, um, if if you're super... Now, now when I say picky, it's okay to be picky about certain things. Like, mm-hmm. do they love Jesus? That's not picky. That's um that's personal and that's priority. It's not picky. Um, do they love Jesus is major. But like her eye color, man, that's not important. You know, her her height, like how tall she is, mm. um, how much she weighs, how much, all that stuff ultimately is going to be a non-issue. You find a girl that's got a heart, that's fully in love with Jesus, pursue her with everything you got, and understand forever, imp- every imperfection. The problem, the, here's the other thing, Stacey, the problem with pickiness is we begin to see ourselves as perfect and other wow. people as imperfect. And we compare them to us. So we become the standard. And so when we are God, we are not wanting to be pursued. We are wanting to be worshipped. We're not wanting to pursue a girl. We're wanting that girl to worship us. And so when we are the standard, everyone else falls short, and you can never be pleased in a relationship. Dang. 
Go back that's and true. listen to that again. That's, that's true. Awesome. I don't think I've ever said that. Somebody write that down. I'm gonna put that in the book too. That is great. This book is getting thicker and thicker, and this is 78 million pages. The last question is from Christina in Pennsylvania. Where the Quakers are. Quakers. She asks, Pastor P, how do I ask God to take away feelings for someone who I know I shouldn't have feelings for? I've prayed for over a year for God to take this person off of my heart, but he hasn't. It's almost starting to consume me to the point where I'm afraid I won't be able to get excited about my future spouse because I'm so focused on one guy. Please help. Um, Christina, first of all, great, great question. Uh, I'm going to give you a tough answer, and it's not the answer you want, but it's the only true answer that's that's out there. It's just going to take time. Um, it's just going to take time. I wish there was a prayer you could mm. pray or an app you could download or um, a website you could go to to find healing for your heart, but it really, 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 really does take time. And so I don't know how long you, you dated this guy, but um, let's say you dated him three years. It might take three years to get over him. Maybe if you if if you reap what you sow is true, mm. then it might it, it might just take some time. And and Christi, Christina, I'm not going to tell you don't feel that way because you can't help how you feel that you've got to daily make the choice. I'm going to trust the facts in God's word over the feelings in my life. And that listen, that's not easy. Sometimes you have to say it out loud but it's the right thing to do. Mm. So, Christina, we'll be praying for you. Um, and just just know that that when God does bring a godly man into your life, you will have no problem getting excited about what God has brought to mm. you. That's great. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts today, Pastor P? Uh, no, just that I'm totally enjoying this. I hope the questions continue to come in. They've been a lot of fun. They've kind of shaped the book, really, mm-hmm. and the book's going to be releasing sometime next fall. We don't have a release date oh, yet, so but we're super excited about cool. it. And so continue to pray for us through that process and continue to submit your questions because your questions are really what makes this podcast great. And I love that on this episode, we had questions all the way from the north in Canada, all the way down to the south in New Mexico. <laughs> The South. Yes. That's awesome. So if you're ever in New Mexico, stop and get your biscuits and gravy right. and your fried chicken because they've got That's plenty. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. You, They're part you, of the South. They're the Southern states. Praise the Lord. I'm going to keep this map in my back pocket. We're going to get you a better map than that. We're going to get you a better map. In fact, hashtag pray for Stacy. If you'll pray for Stacy and her, we're going to get her end of the 50 states. She's going to know them all. I'll know them all. All right. If you want to submit a question, you can go to perrynoble.com forward slash ask and submit a question on that website. Thanks for tuning in this month. We'll see you again next month.